BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Morning Toast. Happy Thursday. No, no, no. Oh, fuck. Should I start over? Oh, no. I need to, no. I I need love to hold myself accountable. I need to hold myself accountable. Well, maybe let's just let me do it. Oh, okay. Usually when we do remote episodes, which is what I was about to say, right. um, I always intro us, but why don't you take a stab at it? Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Toast. Happy Thursday. Hope everyone's having a fantabulous Thursday thus far. Um, Jax and I are recording a podcast-only episode as I am in Nashville, one of my favorite places in the entire world because I have a show tonight. So, hey, Jax. How you doing? That was good. I'm doing very good. It's been nice morning. All's well on the home front. Uh... I actually, my friend Sam slept over last night. She came over for dinner last night. An adult and then sleepover. And we had a sleepover. An adult sleepover in separate rooms, of course, which was just like a really fun treat. She was in town visiting family. So it's so nice hosting people in your house when like you have things in which to host with. Well, let's discuss. Let's discuss the fact that your friend Sam slept in my bed. Yeah. Um, and Sam listens to this podcast. So if you have anything that you want to say to her about this, now would be your time. Okay, here's what I want to say. Am I hurt? No, I'm not hurt. I'm actually, like, I don't really care. But it's just, like, you have so many, like, different rooms. Like, you know, you have a guest that can sleep in any of them. Of all the people in the world who could sleep in my bedroom, Sam is extremely clean and extremely nice. So this time I'll allow it. Um, Mostly because Sam listens to this podcast. No, I'm totally kidding. I actually don't mind. But, like. I just want to, I want to, like, kind of level with you and let you know, like, that room in your house that is my room, it's not really a guest room, you know? It's like Harry's room. Would you let Sam sleep in Harry's room? (laughs) No. Well, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with it being your room and I can usher my guests elsewhere, but you are going to have to come more. You're kidding. You're motherfucking kidding me. You're going to, you haven't been here in a while. I know you're about to come soon and then you're going to be here for a long time. But until that time comes, like, the room is lonely. You're kidding. Like, the way that I've actually been in your house for 50% of the time that you've lived there. Like, please. No, that was true two months ago. You haven't been here since August. You haven't been here since August. Oh, that's what happens when she confronts facts. You haven't been here since August. 
I'm sorry, I'm really motherfucking cranky. I had a day and a half yesterday. It was supposed to be a stunning day. Do the toast, head to the airport, quick flight to Nashville, land, relax, maybe get a massage or a manicure, head out to dinner with Shannon Ford. It was supposed to be a gorgeous day. And it was, we were on our way to having a gorgeous day. Initial descent. Oh, I'm ready on time to Nashville. And then Shannon texts me and she's like, have you landed yet? Don't leave the airport. There's a tornado hitting the ground. And I'm like, excuse me, pardon moi, Shannon? I'm still in the air. And she was like, oh shit, sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. Then things got bumpy. They really got bumpy. And I'm like, oh, this is, um, this is some special weather. And the pilot came on and he was like, don't worry. We just have to chill up here for 40 minutes because there was a tornado hitting the ground in Nashville. And as much as I was annoyed, I was grateful to not be, you know, flying into the eye of a tornado. After the 40 minutes, he comes back and he's like, I'm sorry to be annoying. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to say we have to wait another hour. He was like, we are at the, you know, they're all backed up because of this tornado and we don't have enough fuel to wait for our landing time. So we got to go land in Cincinnati. I'm like, you're kidding me. You're kidding me. Divine Why emergent. does the flight from New York to Nashville never have enough fuel? That is a good question because that's what I happened to us. I feel like there's like certain fuel tank sizes, let's say small, medium, and large. Yeah. And for most flights, like they, you get a large and then you have extra. But the flight from New York to Nashville must be like just under a medium. So yeah. they have small. And they can't do one extra mile or else you're going to Pittsburgh. So then we landed in Cincinnati and they just like had no information. And it was already like six or seven o'clock. So I'm like, am I going to have to spend the night here? Um, Natty alone like I was a little freaked out like I just I'm not good at doing stuff like that alone and I for tour I usually travel with like a few people but this time I happened to be by myself because I came early to be with Shannon and thankfully they refueled us took their sweet time getting us back out but we did eventually make it to Nashville and I did eventually see Shannon for dinner low-key dinner just girlies chit-chatting catching up and then I went to bed but it was just like such a long day that I slept through my alarm today and I'm just feeling all out of sorts. So I apologize for lashing out. Sam, if you're listening to this, it's totally fine that you slept in my room. Um, I hope you didn't like rifle through my things, but like it's fine. Thank you for the apology. Like I don't deserve a lash out. I'm not immature enough to like not acknowledge when I've attacked someone. That's you. Here we go again. <laughs> Here we go again. But that also does mean I was not able to watch The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills Part 1 reunion last night because I was in Cincinnati, and I feel like that's a fair excuse. We will get back on track next week with our TV recaps. Right, and I knew Claudia wasn't watching, so I didn't watch. Instead, I watched the new episode of Tell Me Lies, which is really dragging its feet. Really? Yeah, like, it's still good. Actually, I didn't really enjoy last night's episode. Really nothing happened. And I I don't know how many episodes are in the season, but, like, let's get to the point. And to me, I think the point is, I'm moving on. I think that not only, this is a spoiler if it winds up being true, but here's my theory. Nothing based on last night's episode, by the way, so I'm not spoiling Okay, but, like, you're always right. So even your, like, your predictions are so annoying because it's just basically a spoiler. Okay, but I already gave you one prediction and you were like happy with it. I think not only it was Stephen responsible for Macy's death, like easily, I think knowing that eventually Drew dies, I think Stephen's responsible for his death too. Yes, I'm waiting because they're making it seem like Drew's death is like suicide or depression related because he really seems to be struggling. Right, but in these new episodes, he's doing better. Okay. He's on the mend. Like at the lake, he was doing better. Yeah. In this episode, he's... Not like his best, but he's on the up. So I don't know if it's that anymore. 
Okay, well, I personally just, um, I'm I wouldn't be surprised if Steven stages a suicide. That's my call. Oh, my God. Well, I'm really watching the show now for Evan and whatever that girl's name is. Brie, they're hot and heavy. Brie, it's on. I love, and I know that they get, end up getting married, and, like, that's mm-hmm. heavenly. Right, well, we know they get engaged. Who knows what happens eight years from now at the engagement oh, party? What truths come to light? Love that. Love that. Because um, up until now... He's been telling her lies. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, I off, like I don't often. Th- oh, I started um lessons in chemistry. Oh my god! Please tell everyone this is this was a highlight of my day. Okay, Jackie told me to start this book, and Snitch said I would like it too. And something happens in like the way beginning of the book, and it really upset me. Like trigger warning. It was a bit, like I, and it's not the first time I've read a book that has like a rape, but it was like so particularly graphic and so infuriating like maybe it was like the way she wrote it so just like trigger warning for that it was infuriating no i mean all all those situations are but like the way she wrote it like really got under my fucking skin and i texted you like this book is sick like it really made me very upset um and i wasn't gonna keep reading but i'm glad that i did up until that well no no i was loving it after that Got it. When it happens started, right at the beginning. Like, yeah, when you started, you said that you were loving it. I was so excited. I was like one page in. Like, I'm like, yeah, cute. <laughs> um, I did continue to read, and it does get very good, and it's much lighter. Um, and I am enjoying it immensely. And it's just, like, this is concrete proof that it's never too late to become a redhead. Look at me. Never. This was our last month's book, Lessons in Chemistry, which really most people love. Not every, there's no one book out there that I think every single person on earth loves, which is just so crazy. Books are more personal than comedy, more personal than food. But this book was beloved and there aren't a lot of redheads books that all four of us like. There's always, it usually is two and two. A lot of times it's three and one. There's always a hater, but everybody liked it. So I was like, I think Claudia would like it too. And now the best part of it is that when you finish the book, you're not alone because you can go listen to the redheads and like unpack all your thoughts. Um, totally. Is when, when you say there's I know you're so an excited. To, I know you're so excited to do that. When you say that there's always an essayer, is it always Margo? Um, when it's like a Dana's book, yes, it's always Margo. When it's a Margo's book, it's always Rebecca. Got Rebecca it. and Snitch go at it the most. If I was a redhead, I'd probably enjoy Snitch's choices the most. You would. You would. And my own. What would be your genre? I mean, I guess I couldn't pick like the same like Lucy Score, Colleen Hoover book every week. I'd try to expand my horizons. So I'd probably pick um, short, like when I'm like reading stuff like the love hypothesis, a friend zone, like those covers with cartoons on them. I wouldn't I wouldn't choose that for every single book. Like I'd have to change it up. Have you read so, the love hypothesis? Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah, it was, yeah, I did. Cause I just saw it's up for book of the month's book of the year. There's like book okay, of the month. That's insane. Fi- right. And so was A Flicker in the Dark, which was another Redheads book that was amazing. So I was like if Love Hypothesis is up against a flicker in the dark, like maybe that's a good book. No, like it's it's one of my books. Like or maybe it's not it just, any different. Maybe it got nominated to top five because it won in its category. For sure. Like it was one of those books that's like always being pushed by Goodreads so much to the point that it made me not want to read it. But then it's eventually It's the Tori I didn't. Kelly of books. <laughs> yeah. It's literally a, an industry plant. Like There are so many books like that. 
I know, and it makes uh, the Spanish love deception. I was deceived into reading that. Thanks, Goodreads. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, you idiot. Um, so we've got a fab show, fab stories, um, and I have a fab show tonight. I can't wait to see everyone in Nashville. It's just, you know what a pleasure it is to, you know, I have Nashville coming up. I have Durham, North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, and, um, Birmingham, Alabama. And like, you will not catch me promoting. Every single show is 100% max sold. Like, that's crazy. I feel like that's actually, even though that's the goal, I feel like that's actually hard for you to not have something to promote. I mean, I guess you could go to girlwithnojob.com slash book if you wanted to. What about, and I don't, I don't know if I can say these words, like StubHub? Oh, you know what? Like, I... I don't know. I, I'm like the worst like It artist. makes no I, difference to you if people yeah, buy no, and sell no tickets on StubHub. Yeah, no, it makes no difference to me. I think you can buy t- my tickets on StubHub. Like, and you can also buy like resell on Ticketmaster on for some of the shows. Resell like in Facebook groups. I don't know like the validity. That's why I don't really like promote. Right. No, but secondhand. If, you, if you were desperate for a seat, maybe you could find one. Is what I'm saying. If you were totally desperate for a seat, people are because of COVID. Like people are always like dropping out. I think like when I first started touring, like after COVID, they were like, we expect six like at different venues. The general rule was sixty five percent of people who buy tickets show up. And is that what you've seen? A what like at the beginning of the tour? Yes. Now, no. No, now everyone's 100%. wild now. Now it's a hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, so we can dive in to the fast five if you are ready to do so. I guess I feel ready. I was also just going to share that I cooked a lovely recipe from Ina Garden's saw. cooking book last night. It was a uh, something something roasted salmon. It was really good. And then I also made these butternut squash, just butternut squash that I've made from her before. <laughs> I took them out and they were so salty, like inedible. And I'm someone who just follows the recipe. So like, I don't know what's going to happen. And then I was like, I, there couldn't have been that much salt. And I looked at it and I accidentally did two tablespoons of salt instead of two <gasps> teaspoons. So that I like sense. salty things. Like that no, no, doesn't no, bother it, me. It was, they, I couldn't eat them. Sam was enjoying them, but everyone agreed that they were far too salty. But that's like the problem with my cooking is like, I should have realized as I'm, putting two tablespoons of salt in the bowl that that is too much salt that that feels like a lot that's where it becomes problematic that I'm just like so to the letter you know that was like the first time I did an Ina recipe I made an arabiata sauce because in the picture it looked really good and then I made it just like she said and I tasted and I was like ew this is so spicy but it's like girl you put the spices in you right, were there. Arbiata is spicy. Like, well, that I didn't that. know, but it's like you put the pepper flakes in. What did you think was going to happen? A hundred percent. I have to say, when I landed in Cincinnati, which was a particular low point of my life, and I opened my phone to see you just like having a nice home cooked meal, salmon and Ina and salmon potatoes, like I did want to reach through the phone and choke you. Like I was so like, this fucking sucks. I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll cook it for you when you come. That's Don't make me salmon, do. please. What could I make for you? Chili. By the way, Chili. you know where I went for dinner last night? Where? The um the twelve thirty club, I think is what it's called, like supper club. We it's it's that place on Broadway um that Justin Timberlake owns. Oh, and we like went there, but it was like snooze hour. They were like yes, changing and over. we went to the first floor. The top floor has like a rooftop, a live band. Shannon obviously knew like the cool places to go. The food was incredible. They had this live band, not playing like country, but playing like mellow, like Matt Nathanson, John Mayer. It was a fabulous energy. Like I loved it. I wish that I could have like stayed and listened to music and like had a few cocktails, but I went to bed early. It was really good. 
What was it like being in Nashville with Shannon? I imagine that's like being in, you know, New York City with Leighton Meester. <laughs> no, I, who's like a, I don't know. There's so many New York people. I, I know who. Who? Fran, Annie Leibowitz. Fran Leibowitz. What's her name? Annie, uh, Fran, Fran. Fran. Um, it was fabulous. I mean, Shannon is fabulous no matter where she is. Like, and she mm-hmm. knows all the cool places. And like I told her, like, today I need to get, like, a manicure. Like, I need a certain things. And she's like, I'll pick you up. Tell me when you're done podcasting. So, like, after oh, this. Oh, that's she- why you want to hurry this along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I have to get in Shannon's car. Like, I'm very excited about that. I understand. And I, like, need a, like, I looked in the mirror last night. And I literally, I can't remember a time in my life when I've been so pale. Like, my skin is literally translucent. So I'm like, Shannon, like, um, when we go get our nails done tomorrow, can we go to Sephora? Like, I need, she's like, we'll take you to my house. I have a spray tan machine. I'll spray tan your face. I'm like, oh, my God, fab. Oh, my God. She's a spray tan queen. And she's just taking care of everything I need. Like, I feel extremely well taken care of here. Wow, that's beautiful. Now you feel yeah, like how James felt. Literally. And of course, like at dinner, I was like, so James, 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 James. Like, what did James do here? And what did James think of that? And what did James think of this person? Um, and what but did he really, think? We, I know we I'll need to. You, I'll tell you afterwards. Okay, cool. I'm ready to dive in. If you yeah. are, without further ado, do, 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 here are the fast five stories that you need to know today. I did not like that. I keep like, forgetting that I need to change it until the last trope you know here are the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of the toast yeah I just keep every time I embark on saying it I forget that we it's been changed and then it's too late for me to change my tune literally today's episode is sponsored by modern fertility we've always been big fans of planning ahead scheduling trips months in advance plotting out our next career moves figuring out what we're doing for dinner while still eating breakfast but I've never thought too much about planning for kids but did you know that one out of eight couples struggle with infertility which is a staggering statistic that most people don't know or aren't ready to talk about. We need good information and good data about our bodies in order to have informed conversations with our doctors and make the best decisions for ourselves and our futures. That's why Modern Fertility was created. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick, mail it in with a prepaid label, and you'll get your personalized results within six days. You'll get insights into your hormone levels, like your ovarian reserve, which is basically how many eggs you have based on the average for your age. They also give other important factors that can impact your fertility. The results are going deep into whatever what every hormone means, and you can also download the results to review with your doctor for next steps. Traditional hormone fertility testing can cost over $600 at the clinic, but Modern Fertility tests general the same general set of hormones at a fraction of the price. If you go to modernfertility.com slash toast30, you can get $30 off your test and you can get reimbursed for the test through your HSA or FSA. If you want kids today or maybe one day in the future, clinically sound information about your body can help you make the decision that's right for you. So right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $30 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash toast30. That's toast30. It is a limited time offer for $30 off, which means that your test will cost $149 when hormone testing at a fertility clinic can cost more than three times as much. Get $30 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash toast30. That's modernfertility.com slash toast30. Today's episode is also brought to you by Clinique. 
So Clinique's Burst Foundation is designed to be the last step in your skincare routine. Even better, Clinical Serum Foundation is formulated with three serum technologies that visibly reduce dark spots, brighten, and hydrate skin. So I've been actually using this Clinique Foundation for a few weeks now because I went on the website and I did like their shade matcher, which was so seamless and I wish more companies did that. It was a perfect way to find like an actually good shade. The packaging is really chic. It's glass and it comes from Clinique so you know that it's not filled with crap that's going to clog your pores. It's actually healing your skin while covering up blemishes and making you look stunning. In as little as eight weeks, your skin can appear even more toned, more radiant, and more smooth after makeup is removed. Calling it a foundation just doesn't do it justice. It is a clinical foundation. It's built with three serum technologies where it doesn't just cover. It completes your skin regimen by visibly correcting, hydrating, and smoothing the look of skin with everywhere. And the packaging is super sustainable. Every glass bottle of the even better Clinical Serum Foundation can be recycled. You remove the cap and the pump, rinse the glass bottle, and then place it in the recycling bin. The hydration, the hydrating foundation formula provides buildable, medium to full coverage with a satin finish, in addition to boasting a feather white, feather lightweight texture and a 24-hour color true wear. It is oil-free, waterproof, sweat and humidity resistant, non-acnegenic, non-caking, non-settling, non-creasing, non-pouring, and non-streaking. They have 42 shades, so you can find your shade with the Clinique Clinical Reality Shade Match Science, which is a virtual try-on. You can do it on their website. It's really easy. Jackie and I both did it. Um, it's fabulous, fabulous, fabulous product. Clinique is just a brand you can trust. I feel like our moms, our grandmothers have been using Clinique. It's been around for a while. It's a brand you can trust. Don't call it makeup. It is skincare in your shade. Find your shade today at Clinique.com. Gorgeous. Thank you. Our first story is some very sad couple news. Cynthia Bailey of Real Housewives mm. of Atlanta and Mike Hill have split. The couple broke their silence on the split with a joint statement saying, love is a beautiful thing. While we, while we both will always have love for one another, we have decided to go our separate ways. No one is to blame and we are grateful that we remain good friends. We will always cherish the many memories we've shared together as husband and wife. Many of you have been on this journey with us from the very beginning and we appreciate our family, friends, and beloved fans for your positive support as we move forward and start new chapters. Thank you for your prayers and well wishes, Cynthia and Mike. Okay, like I was really shook by this because first of all, it seems like literally yesterday we were watching the whole saga unfold of their romance and their engagement and their wedding on Housewives of Atlanta. Um, it's also just like annoying because Cynthia's not on Housewives of Atlanta anymore. So this is something I would like more information on, but she's not a reality star anymore and we no longer get that, that intimacy. Mm -hmm. Access, yeah. It's shocking because I thought they were such a great pair and I'm saddened to know that my ships have to come back into port. But also it's like when people put out statements like this and it's like, we love each other, we respect each other, we're such good friends, like we'll always be sweet like to each other. It's like, that sounds like a pretty good marriage, no? No, it sounds like the, the makings of a great foundation. Right, like these two should date. <laughs> no, 100%. Like, and it, so I, it, well, I, oh, I, by the way, you need to add to your list of single people Taylor mm. Kinney like I oh yeah 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 feel like we never got him on a ship after him and Lady Gaga and it ain't right okay I'm on it Taylor Kinney and I guess we could put no Lady one... Gaga on there is she dating anyone no she's dating someone that normal man love that for her the lay person um, I'm like actually I was so surprised by this Mike Hill Cynthia Bailey thing like I also thought that they were OTP we met Mike Hill um, when we were doing Access Hollywood like two years ago and he was going to propose to Cynthia and he was like so excited about it. Um, I hope it wasn't that he ended up being like a fuck boy who cheated on her. Like I'll be so mad. Um, 
but I was surprised and, and saddened. Saddened is we, the perfect word. We met them both and they were together. When not we at were in LA. Hollywood. No, not at Excess Hollywood. We at a charity a event. Yeah, yeah, We went to a party and they were together. It was when they were engaged and they were so sweet and nice and cute together. And like beautiful, like a really beautiful couple. Yeah. So for all of those reasons, this comes as a major shock. Obviously, I want only the best for Cynthia. It's not our business to know what really happened. But this statement, you know, is not the whole story. Because if it was, then they should remain married, you know, forever. The statement is giving, it's giving nothing. Yeah. Glad to know they're not bitter enemies. Yes, that's true. But something happened, clearly. Because when you get divorced and you don't have kids with the person, like, it's no holds bar. Like, you can fucking go low and if you guys really hate each other. But, like, if you have kids together, like, that is kind of the one thing that stops you from, like, taking that very low blow publicly. Yes, but I also feel like if you get divorced and you don't have kids together, it's like, bye, see you never. Oh, it's basically a breakup. it literally doesn't matter. Like, I don't even think you care enough to slam them or anything because it's like you can literally move on in two seconds there's nothing tying you to this person you never need to see them again so it doesn't like hurt as much not hurt as much I don't want to diminish like divorce it doesn't there's something about the fact that you can't get rid of this person they will be in your life for 18 years so that makes it more difficult Last night at dinner, me and Shannon were talking about this. We were talking about how, like, there's really three types of divorces. Mm-hmm. The first is, like, no kids, and, like, it's basically just a breakup. Like, it's sad, but it's not – there's yes. no, like, connection for life. Yes. The second is, like, the really messy divorce when, like, kids are growing up. And, it like, that I think is the worst one. Like, ki- kids are in the middle of just, like, their life, and their parents end up getting divorced, and it's, like, really messy. Then there's the one when, like, adults – your kids are adults and your parents get divorced and they just, like, want a new life. And they, and honestly, I would consider that marriage a successful marriage. You're married for 20 years. You raise three kids. Like, that's a successful marriage. Like, that is totally fine. And then, like, parents get to have, like, you know, a second wind, like a, a yeah, renaissance, a second if you will, season. In, their, in their 50s. Um, and that one I feel like is really fun. Oh, I feel like it depends on the person – I think that um, it also depends on the kids because I think sometimes kids just want the best for their parents. So they're like, do your thing, whether that means together or separately, like I'm grown and I want you guys to be happy. But other times, as we've talked about this before, like it rocks the very foundation that that person's premise has been built yes. on, that child. And it's it's even harder for children than divorce number two as you that you shared. Yeah, that's true. But I also feel like for grown, once, say you're in your 50s, you get divorced and you're going to have like this new season of your life. I feel like sometimes it's not what you pictured and it could be really hard and it can also be really lonely to be alone when for the last 30 years you have had chaos in your house. Yes, but I think sometimes sometimes it's even better than you imagined. Yes, I feel like we've seen, we've seen it all. You know what? It's also a really good picture of all of the different kinds of divorces Hmm. real housewives yeah literally because when I think of like someone in their 50s who's living a second season I think of like Sutton when I think of somebody who's probably gonna have like a rough road ahead I think of Ashley Darby oh I don't think so like right in the middle like she now has to raise her kids for like their whole life like they're just born while navigating the co-parenting situation like she has a lot of time that she's going to be connected to Mr. Michael you know what I the more that I think about it I think it depends less on the situation the kids the number of kids the age of the kids the years married and I feel like it really just depends on like 
the woman, you know? Like, is this some, like some people don't like being alone. Some people love being alone. Some people are very independent. Some people are very dependent. I feel like for Ashley Darby, like she is gonna, she's so independent and like, I feel like she's just gonna be out there doing her thing. Yeah. And it's not like she ever got used to Michael being a solid person next to her. That's true. That is true. Well, um, I think Cynthia Bailey's the type of person who wants to be in a relationship. I feel like that's what we've seen from her over the last year. So I think she might be having a, a bad week. Yeah. I, it just made me sad. So yeah. I hope she Wish finds love best. in her own time. In her own time. Next up, a little docu-series news for the Gleeks. A Glee docu-series Ugh. will be exploring the controversies of the show in a Discovery Plus series from Ample Entertainment. So oh Discovery, my God, Leah Michelle is vomiting, vomiting, vomiting. You never know. I feel like we've all heard the negative stories about Leah Michelle. Like all of the stories about her. I don't know that there's anything that wasn't shared about her. I feel like it could only be, it would either be the same of what we've already heard or maybe someone comes in and says, Leah was a darling. No. No. I mean, like you saw yesterday, Chris Colfer was talking about. Right. If he wanted to be traumatized, he would stay home. Right, because he was on Michelle Collins's radio show, and she was like, you should come with me. I'm going to see Funny Girl. And he was like, well, if I wanted to be triggered, I could just be triggered at home. Um, so I don't know if they're, you know, like the narrative is necessarily shifting quite yet. I don't, I mean, what else? There's so much that could be spoken about. To be honest, it, there's so much to talk about about Glee. Like, um, multiple members of the cast have passed away at a young age the stories of each of those people are so deep and layered and worth exploring that I do hope that they focus more on that and not just like Leah Michelle being a diva. Like when, I, when you I, compare like how Mark Sailing was involved in this like child pedophilia ring, the very tragic untimely death of Corey Monty. Like when you compare that to like Leah Michelle being like probably like a see you next Tuesday, like apples right. to oranges. Right, and who knows what was going on with the other people in the cast, what they saw. And all the intra-cast dating. Like, Lee Michelle did date Matthew Morrison at one point. She also obviously dated Corey Monteith. There was, like, a lot, I'm sure, with the guests, like, people who just came in and did cameos. Yeah. I'm sure there was a lot of, these were, like, young, horny kids. Yeah, you know what? I actually do agree with what you said initially now. Like, mostly because Leah is having such an upswing in her career. Like, this could there couldn't be a worse time for this. No, she's finally, like, leaning into the whole reading thing. She got Funny Girl. The reviews are so fucking rave. Even people who don't like her have to acknowledge how stellar and talented she is. Like, she's finally on the up. And now I think we're going to be talking about, like, you know, she, you know, her traumatizing people on set. Yeah. But there's also just, like, so much, like, like here's, like, okay, you don't even think about, you know what another kind of crazy-ass Glee thing that I think a lot of people don't realize is, is Melissa Benoist marrying Blake Jenner. That's his mm-hmm. name, right? Mm-hmm. And then coming out years later, like, acknowledging how it was literally the most physically abusive relationship she's ever been in in her entire life. And, and like, how it was the most traumatizing and chaotic relationship like and they met on the set of glee like there's so much like there's so much shit and scandal and drama that comes from glee even not even like the main ones you think about obviously like mark sailing is what everyone thinks about everyone has a story and there are so many people in the cast over the years i also think the show will talk about 
much like the Barney docuseries that's coming out, the impact of Glee. Like Mm -hmm. there are very few shows that come out to the reception that Glee did and also that captured the moment, the zeitgeist and are the really the voice of of that generation 100% and glee was that show so i think it'll talk like even the glee project like everything yes. about there's just its impact was insane Huge. for so many years i think that will be focused of the docu series too this is what um deadline says the series will have access to key cast and crew members who will share firsthand stories of their time on the comedy drama series that ran for over 100 episodes between 2009 and 2015 it will lift the curtain to reveal the highs and lows of the production and the onset community and will also feature testimonials of close family and friends with never before heard stories. The series will address the controversies surrounding the stars, including the case of Mark Sailing, who played Puck, who was arrested and pleaded guilty to possessing Im- images of child abuse and killed himself while awaiting sentence. Then there's the death of Corey Monteith and Naya Rivera as well. So it sounds yeah, like but like, I, it sounds like it's really not a Leah thing. No, I, that's what I, it like, shouldn't be. Like, I, I feel like there's much bigger things there. And I feel like we've exhausted Le- the Leah thing. You know, everyone said their piece. I feel like everyone really has shared their story, their Leah story, you know. And I don't know how interesting it is, like, for a t- from, like, an entertainment perspective to hear about, like, the mean bitch on set. Like, I think there's more entertainment, as fucked up as that sounds to say, there's more there's more there there. With the Mark Sailing, Corey Monteith. Yeah. I agree. Regardless, but this is a documentary that needs to be made. And also, like, how it became the most cursed show on television. Like, there's just... We have to talk about it. The Glee curse. Yeah. I wonder if Becca Tobin's going to be involved. She should be. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's a friend... She's friends with Leah. Right. So, we shall see... Are you ready for our next story? Um. Anne Hathaway says her Devil Wears Prada look at New York Fashion Week was an accident, but it was kind of nuts. I Anne saw this Hathaway on the Today Show. She didn't mean to have a modern day Devil Wears Prada moment during an appearance on Today. On Wednesday, the Emmy winner opened up about her look for the Michael Kors show, which broke headlines for its uncanny resemblance to what her can- to what her character Andrea Sachs would have worn in the 2006 film. Plus, she's sitting next to Anna Wintour, who is you know the inspiration Plus, for Miranda. She has Priestley. bangs. Plus, she had no the whole outfit was Andy. She was in yeah. Andy cosplay, sitting next to Anna Wintour. It was art imitating life, imitating art. No, it was shocking. And what she said on the Today Show was like when she wasn't supposed to wear that outfit, like the shoes for the uh, the outfit she was supposed to wear did not fit. So this was the second option. And she like looked in the mirror and was thinking like, oh, my God, LOL, this looks like Andy Sachs. Like, I wonder if anyone will notice. Probably not. And then it became like this huge thing. But you know what I find really interesting about this? Because I never really sat down to think about how um, I would have just thought that Anna Wintour would have Anne Hathaway and like Meryl Streep like banned from ever being in close proximity to her, you know? Do you think that she hates the movie? I mean, I don't think she loves it. It's written by a former employee who's like out here exposing her. Disgruntled, but it solidifies, that movie is so iconic and it solidifies Anna as an iconic figure. I don't think Anna expects to be liked by everyone. I think she knows who she is. And I think in like the canon of her life, Devil Wears Prada is ultimately an iconic thing for her. 
I would imagine that, like, the first couple of years after the film came out, like, Anna was definitely bitter. But now seeing how it's aged as, like, this iconic film and really put her in some sort of, like, Hall of Fame, I have to imagine that now it bothers her way less. If anything, she probably embraces it. Um, But I just would have assumed that, like, isn't that awkward? Like, it's not like Anna was involved in the movie, you know? Yeah, that's true. But also the movie, even though we see Anna slash Miranda Priestly being extremely harsh with different people, she does have humane moments too. And at yes. by the end, like she wrote Andy a glowing recommendation and did everything for her that she said that she would. Mm-hmm. So it she's not like a hundred percent evil. No, I mean the scene where she literally like ruins that other guy's life in Paris to save her own job, Jacqueline Follet, like yeah. that was not not a great moment. Not her finest moment. Jacqueline Follet. Yeah. Anyways, it was funny that she talked about it. I'm glad that Savannah asked her the question so that we could like put an answer to the meme, which was that she didn't know that if anyone would notice, but that she thought it was funny too. But don't you also feel like something I did not expect to see this year was like Anne Hathaway becoming like an it girl of fashion. I just feel like she just started showing up in the last year at like events and fashion shows and just like different press opportunities looking like a glamazon when she was always like beautiful and stunning and like well-dressed, but like really like fashion girl. I feel like she's always um, a fashion girl. I just, I think that she comes in waves, Anne Hathaway. Like when she's really busy working, she's really busy promoting. But then she also goes away, you know, and is quiet. Yeah. And I don't know what she's doing in her personal life. So I feel like we just get these like resurgences of Anne Hathaway. And it's like, oh, where has she been? I feel like Anne Hathaway actually does that extremely intentionally because there was like a two-year period where she didn't go anywhere and she was up everyone's ass and everyone started to hate her for no reason and she became like the most most hated woman in America and she didn't know what she did because she didn't really do anything except be annoying and like alive. Um, And I think that time like really traumatized her. So she's like super um, intentional with how much public work she does. Yeah, I would agree with that. I will continue to use this as a weapon against self-doubt. Like when she won her Oscar, like, girl, shut the fuck up. Like, (laughs) just take the Oscar and go home. Like, you don't need to use it as a weapon. That's so funny. Um, For some reason, reminds me of Taylor Swift, whose album's coming out tonight. Are you excited? It's not tonight. Jackie, it's in October 21st. Why did I think it was tomorrow? I don't know, but, like, I did only come to the realization, like, yesterday or the day before that the album is coming out so soon. It's next week. Sorry. I don't know why I thought it was tomorrow. Um, I mean, I wish that, I wish that were true. That was just, like, the vibe I was getting. She's been doing I a lot know. of pre-promo. You Do you watch all those videos? No, I actually don't. I watch the ones with, like, the song title releases, but... I just can't like I just give me the music like stop give me the music it's it's not my favorite promotional tool that I've ever seen me neither it's very TikTok heavy but like in a boring way and I love Taylor so don't fucking come for me I'm just bored yeah you're allowed to be also like give us a single well maybe we'll be getting a single tonight at midnight that's what people think because it's very unlike Taylor I mean I guess she did that no even she released mm, did she release a single? Yeah, she released Cardigan for Folklore. Mm-hmm. And it was like a week and before. Willow or Ivy for Evermore. Like, give us a single, girly. Yeah, what's Just so the we can song on Evermore the that's like... There's a song on Evermore that's like the sequel to Cardigan. The thread continues. I feel like that was the music video. Yeah, it's, it's Willow. Evermore. You don't have to look it up. It's You're Willow? like the queen of Googling things. IMDB, here I come. 
Oh, my wife. Oh. Okay. Willow, just move on. you're right. Okay. Confirmed. Confirmed. Um, cool, cool, cool. So we have that to look forward to. We do. Finally, something to live for. <laughs> Are you ready for our next story? Uh, is it the story that's brought to you by Missouri? Yes, it is. <sighs> Most people thinking about buying. <clears throat> no, no. Most people think about buying jewelry for occasions only, but Majority does fine jewelry differently. They celebrate every day, not just the big moments. Their high-quality pieces are designed for you to wear your way, whatever your taste is, whatever your mood is, and whatever your budget is. Majority drops new limited edition products every Monday. They feature responsibly sourced diamonds, recycled 14-karat solid gold, all their pieces you can sweat in, you can shower in, and you can sleep in. You can discover fairly priced and expertly handcrafted styles to wear and love forever at Majuri. So Majuri, I own a ton of rings and necklaces from. I feel like I started buying them when I saw Lauren Elizabeth wearing them um, on her Instagram a super long time ago. And it's really high quality. I think, like, the thing is, is trends change so much in jewelry and that's why Missouri does like really classic pieces that last a long time so if you're inclined to like you know cheap out when it comes to jewelry like it's gonna show your fingers will turn green your neck will turn green and Missouri jewelry is like really I think reasonably priced for the quality like I said it's recycled 14 karat gold they have diamonds that are responsibly sourced so um it's jewelry you don't have to take off before you get in the shower and before you go to bed. My so you're investing kind of in jewelry. yourself. Yeah, you need like the drama of unclipping all those necklaces because they're like so not like they're like so tacky. Is so much work before a shower, like taking off your 45 necklaces. Um, so if you're looking for a sign to buy yourself the diamond or the gold hoops or the bracelet or the necklace that you've been wanting to, this is the sign. Make your own day. Go to Majuri.com. That's M-E-J-U-R-I.com. Majuri.com. Great. Thank you. Our next story, You're I'm curious to, get, curious to get your take on this next story. Heidi Klum and her daughter, Lenny, 18, are slammed for, quote, weird and disturbing lingerie ad. So mm. here are the details, and then I'll show you the pictures. Mm. Heidi Klum and her newly 18-year-old daughter, Lenny, are facing some backlash for appearing together in a lingerie, in lingerie, in a new ad for Intimacy, which is the Italian intimate wear brand, mm-hmm. a job they held as joyful, but some are calling it kind of disturbing. All right, let me pull up the says, pictures on my computer so I can really pitch, look at it. Okay, let me read the story and then the pictures are gorgeous like models they're honestly there's nothing weird about these photos like the photos are really cute um they're not like sexual no they're not sexual but like lingerie connotes sex sex and so I feel like if this these were pictures in them in their bathing suits bikinis like it would be the same amount of skin so it's not like the skin that's weird but it's like it's the connotation the, the connotation of lingerie you know no, I guess it's it's weird the photos themselves are not weird but when you sit down and think about the photos okay yes you'll find some weirdness when you sit right if I just saw the photos I'd be like oh my god so cute so stunning um they posted the picture saying a story of self-confidence joy life and love between a mother and a daughter together Heidi Klum and Lenny Klum celebrate the art of Italian lingerie like mother like daughter every woman has a special place in her heart for her favorite lingerie however okay, no, some like people the more yeah some the people more are I commenting I'd like to think I'm progressive in these things, but mom and daughter in lingerie in the same video shoot is just a bit ick. Someone said the photo was weird and the caption makes it weirder. Would you Someone, think it was weird if it was two sisters? Um, I was thinking about that too. I think it. I would think it's less weird. But still weird. 
a little bit, but I don't know that, I don't think it would get, maybe it would get some backlash, but not this much. No, okay, I've, I've made my official decree. It's weird. <laughs> it is, like, it, if they were an ad for, like, skims, that's just, like, underwear. Undergarments. The, Undergarments are different than lingerie. Right, and even though you're, sh- it's not about the amount of skin that's shown. And the company is called Intimacy. Yeah, it's, and they do lingerie, be, like, doing, yeah. like, La Perla. Um, it's about the connotation uh, of lingerie. I don't know. I'm going back and forth on whether or not this is weird. By the way, Lenny, her daughter, is absolutely stunning. Like, Absolutely wow. stunning. That's the real takeaway from this story. Um, gorgeous, gorgeous girl. It's weird, but it's also not. It's a, Honestly, every time I flip to a photo, I'm like, it's weird. And then I'm like, no, it's not weird. It's cute. Like, they're just being mom and daughter. Like, it's weird if you make Another- it weird, but it's also weird. Another person said, beautiful and very classy. More skin is shown in bathing suits. Her daughter is 18, legal. They're both gorgeous. And the only reason for the negative comments is 100% pure jealousy. Well, ain't that the truth? Oh, who is that? She just read everyone to filth. Just a Twitter user. Um, It's weird. No, I'm definitely jealous, for sure. Oh, for duh. I mean, look at that daughter's body's insane. gorgeousness. But it's, but it's, there's an, an, a weirdness element, for sure. An element of weirdness. Agreed. It does. It's not. It doesn't need to be like the biggest deal. I yeah. would just say like other lingerie com- companies shouldn't follow suit. This isn't a trend that I want to see. Hundred percent. Couldn't have said it better myself. Are you ready for our fifth and final story? I am. The Cancer Institute has slammed Lisa Rinna over her comments in the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills finale. Kathy Hilton isn't the only person upset with Lisa Rinna. The American Institute for Cancer Research has slammed the star after they claim she used the specter of cancer as emotional blackmail to justify airing her grievances. During the finale of season 12, Rinna told her castmates she would, quote, get sick and get cancer if she didn't get the gossip about Hilton's alleged breakdown off her chest. In response, an AICR spokesperson told TMZ that Rinna was co-opting the disease to justify emotional blackmail. They also noted say. They also noted there was no strong evidence to support stress being the cause of cancer and that Rinna has taken a popular but likely false concept and regurgitated it to the show's millions of viewers. Let me say how, like, Lisa Rinna is the worst person in the world. Um, and what she said was incredibly stupid. Um, but I would like to think that the AICR has more important things to do than talk to TMZ about a real, a real housewife. Like this is incredibly stupid. Yeah. It's incredibly bizarre that they are speaking to TMZ about what was just a comment on a show. Um, but this, there is like this conception that they're saying is not true, that someone who holds something in, not one story about one person for one week, you're not like that you can't bring up, but a person who like lives a lifetime of not speaking You're only as sick as your secrets. Might develop a form of like throat cancer or something. Really? But as the AICR rep, yeah. People think that? I mean, it's not proven, but there are people who think that based you know, on people that they know. This is just like not speaking their truth and developing throat cancer. proof how, you know, people are really so fucking stupid and they're not okay. Let me look up and see. Oh if my God, you with the looking up enough. Connection to. I can't. When you like look things up, like. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not getting what I need here. Sorry. Okay. 
well I'll do my um research later but i, like, I love is, people, people coming out of the woodwork that. yeah i know i know i love people coming out of the woodwork to like slam dumb things lisa rinna says but like this kind of makes the american cancer institute like look stupid like go back to work bitch yeah and i don't think it's really having an impact on what people what think the about research. how cancer like, spreads no i don't think right. people are getting medical right. advice from lisa rinna right but it was a crazy thing for her to say just within the scope no, of house i was like i was shocked when i heard it like and very little shocks me like i just of all the things that she could have said i was not expecting that to be the thing that came out of her mouth like i was surprised right right it was shocking so that's just add that add that. the american institute of cancer research to the long list of people coming for lisa Rana. yeah and, and that's something we'll i thought i'd never say We'll see at the reunion what's going to happen. I also don't even feel that bad that we missed part one because like part one's not going to have the juice that we need. No, but it did have Jamie Lee Curtis who came on and said that like when her episode aired, it was like the biggest day for her um, charity. And she was so thankful to Dorit for like her genuine enthusiasm, like not not in a mocking way, like her true unbridled joy and excitement about her products that she renamed the wind chime to like the Dorit chic wind chime or something. And Dorit was like so moved and she was crying. That is so cute. That's one of my favorite things about Dorit, how she like is a fangirl of so many people. She And one, she doesn't hide it. And two, she's in the rooms with so many people that she loves. And it's like, that's how most of us would act. And I think it's actually a very sweet trait of hers. No, it's like a really genuine, like she's like a little kid sometimes. It's really sweet. Yeah, and everyone in Hollywood is so jaded, but it's cool mm-hmm. to like, and we see like them doing cool stuff all the time on, especially Beverly, Beverly Hills, but it's cool to have someone there who like recognizes how cool it is. Agreed. It's like, she really represents us. She's an everyday woman. She's a housewife for all. <laughs> um, so those are the Fast Five stories. You definitely needed to know absolutely every single one of them. And I'm so glad that we were able to be that kind of guiding light and guiding force for you guys. You're welcome. Um, and this was our last Yad show of the welcome. week because... you're welcome. This was our last show of the week. There's no show tomorrow, obviously, because I have a show tonight and I'm going to be in Nashville traveling home. So we're back on Monday. Thank you guys for a fabulous week of being fabulous girlies. We hope you enjoyed it, these enjoyed it these fabulous shows anything else you want to say Jax, to the peeps before we wrap up for the week Ooh, interesting what could i say what could i say no i think i'm all good i'm excited for everyone who gets to go to your show tomorrow Tonight. as always if you're looking for more content try redhead's book and listen mm-hmm. to the accompanying episode it's a real treat experience it's an experience Thank you guys so much for listening to the Toast of the Millennium Morning Show where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere. Podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places where you listen to podcasts. Find us morning toast. Leave a five-star review about a beautiful setting. It's where we are. Have an amazing weekend, you guys. We love you, and we'll see you on Monday. Bye. Goodbye.